And welcome to Everyday Linux, episode 116, a chat with Gabrielle Martin, recorded October 12th, 2013, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. I am almost 100% certain I mispronounced his name, so um, forgive me in advance, Gabrielle, I think is how he says it, something close, you'll hear it later. Um... But I'm not Italian, and he is, so he says it cooler. He says everything cooler um, <laughs> than I do. Uh, and uh, with me, as always, to do this show, this chat with a guy whose name I can't pronounce, are the, I'm going to do it in reverse order. Chris, you've been taking the lead for too long. The gooey kid, Mr. Seth Anderson. Oh. Hey, Seth. Hello, Mark, and welcome to all of the Element OP faithful who are finding us at our non-traditional time. That's right. We're recording early this week, and I'll tell you why in just a little bit. But first, let me introduce uh, the the man who needs no introduction, the command line godfather, Mr. Chris Neves. Hello, everyone out there in internet land. How are we this weekend? And I am the man who cannot be introduced because I don't have a name, or at least a nickname. Hi, I'm Mark, and I'm the guy what sort of runs this shindig. Uh at least for now. So yeah, I have a an engagement tomorrow. A neighbor is throwing a big neighborhood uh, football party, and and he has invited me and my smoker to attend. Um, I, I it's just the luck of the draw. You know, I'm I was, as I've mentioned before, I'm an avid Cowboys fan, and I moved into a cul-de-sac here in Georgia, where four of the ten houses are peopled by Cowboys fans. What are the odds of that? Yeah, there Actually, there are quite a few Cowboys fans in Atlanta, because for a long time, the Falcons sucked. Uh, <laughs> of course, for a long time, the Cowboys sucked, too. Uh, but I guess Falcons fans weren't... Wait, you said that past tense. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, there was a period of time when they were pretty good, Seth. <laughs> I know, but you said they sucked, uh, implying they don't now. I was just implying that as much as I hate to admit it, they still pretty much suck. So. I can't. I can't. All right. I just can't agree with it. They're a good team that can't find out how to win. So it's not fair to say they suck. They just, it's like they're the worst luck ever. Um, they've got one of the best quarterbacks ever. They've got a great defense. They've got good special teams. And they just can't win. <laughs> you know, put up 48 points and still not win. Anyway, we talked about football last week. I'm not going to do it anymore this week. I will, however, say back up, back up, back up. Or actually, Chris is going to say that. Oh, yeah. I've had four people now come call my shop asking me to recover stuff off of machines that have mysteriously quit working, and I have a funny feeling it's probably kids and soda cans and laptops all mixed together. Um, so yeah, make sure you have backups, and your backups are backed up, and you have an offsite backup, because otherwise, you might be paying a visit to a data recovery specialist and spending oodles and oodles of money. If you don't have three copies, you don't have any copies. We've talked about that before. That's right. So, yeah, and make Mark, sure you I do it. Just, Go ahead, Seth. I would just like to mention I went to wikinary.org, and one of the 
definitions of suck is to be inferior or objectionable, <laughs> a general term of disparagement. <laughs> so having used that definition, I stick with my prognosis that unfortunately, this is coming from a fan, the Cowboys do indeed suck. I, I can't argue with that. I mean, by that definition, they fit like the A, B, and C. <laughs> Of that definition. Yeah. You know, if they were over 500, I could just say they don't suck. They're just not great. But they can't even get to 500. So, well, you know, the, the Redskins okay. had this, this same problem a couple of years ago. They had this amazing roster of highly talented people and they couldn't figure out how to win. Some teams just have that right issue. It happens. Look at my Raiders. Oh, Raiders, we've got some we've got some Raiders chatter coming up, Chris. So hold on to that. Uh-huh, I know. Uh, but first, we need to talk about some Star Trek fans who are just going way overboard and want you to help them pay for it. You know, I came across this story and I thought, if nothing else, our the guys who listen to this show and gals would just like to read the story. But there's a there's a fan series where they've already produced some episodes and they're looking to raise a hundred thousand dollars to make more episodes. One of the neat things about this is, uh, uh, James Doonan, um, or Doonan who played Scotty, you know, he's, he's, um, passed away a year or two ago. Now his son is playing his character on this show and Mythbusters fans will recognize Grant as well. So, um, like I say, we'll have the link in the show notes for the story. And from there, you can go click um, on the Kickstarter if you're so encouraged. And of course, you know, like all Kickstarter things, if you give so much, you get some little knickknack. But it's a not for profit um, fan production. So they're not trying to make money. They're just trying to produce quality. So. Anyway, I just, I came across it and I thought, you know, that would be perfect to tell the element opiates about. So, you know, go and let's see if we can't add five or 10 bucks to the Kickstarter campaign. So they're, yeah, it's kind of, they're playing the original series characters just with fan made scripts and movies, you know, as if, and it, it, I mean, the sets look fairly authentic. Of course, it's not hard to duplicate. 70-year-old almost, no, it's not that far, but 1960s quality uh, sets. Um, so, yeah. Oh, wow. And they actually cool got looking. a they got a guy who was in the original series. Um, there was an episode, Who Mourns for Adonis? The guy who played Apollo, he's going to be repri- he reprised his role. Um, so I don't know how they've done it. I have not watched the episodes, but, uh, Deanna, Tro- uh, Marina Sirtis, who played Troy from Next Generation, she plays the, uh, computer's voice. Okay. So, you know, they, they've got, you know, it's not just like you and me trying to do it. These are real talented people with, you know, acting credits and some, at least to us, tracky fans would say there's some big name people in it. So I just cool stuff. Uh, I I, I yeah, hope they I'll, get the funding to make it. They only had like uh I think it was twenty five thousand when I checked, but they've got almost a month left to raise it. So, and so yeah, the, I'll put the link in the show notes so you can go and uh, contribute to their Kickstarter if you want to see more um, Star Trek in your life. You know, uh, when the Enterprise series ended a few years ago, that was the the first time in like forty years there had been no Star Trek on. Um, 
Wow. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it's still running in syndication, so I guess it's not that far. But I guess, really, it'd be since 88 or whatever when, when The Next Generation came out. It was consistently, there, was yeah. a, there were new shows in production for uh, two and a half, three decades, something like that. Um, and then yeah. finally somebody put a mercy killing on the Scott Bakula version of it. Uh, and that ended it. <laughs> Man, I, I wanted I that did, show yeah. to do good. I, I you I'm know, it. it was, I, I, yeah, it was much better than, um, what was, I don't even want to mention the name. It's so I've been blocked it out. No, um, the, the, the latest show on sci-fi that was so crappy. Uh, Oh, Defiance. Defiance. I can't. Re- yeah. Defiance. Yeah. It was infinitely better than Defiance. Um, but yeah, it just, it, it didn't have the oomph factor. Yeah. It just, a hot Vulcan chick wasn't enough. It needed more and that, that just wasn't <laughs> enough. Well, I mean, her character was, uh, to Paul of nine. So, <laughs> you know, it just. That is an apt description. I love that. To Paul of nine. Uh, okay, uh, you guys aren't giving me much to go on. It's hard to create a transition when the the only thing that the topic says is "thank goodness that's over," and that transition's not even going to work because Chris's Skype just crashed and he didn't know I'm saying that. So we'll just skip over that and say that the bacon thread has been updated. Yeah, you know, last week I talked about uh, my pilgrimage to the Mecca of uh, Chicken Fried Bacon Genesis. And so while I was there, I took a picture with my phone and um, I went ahead and I threw that over in the bacon thread. So if you want to see what chicken fried bacon looks like and as awesome as the picture is, it doesn't do it justice. I head on over to the bacon thread. Um, it's in the general. So it's not in the uh, element OP section of the or it's not in the everyday Linux section of the element op forums it's in the general section right so i i was gonna ask seth was it crispy bacon it didn't look crispy it looked like it was fairly limp floppy bacon that had a a batter on it no it was it was crispy when it was you know um okay. it's just i guess it's so small and you know and it was all curvy and stuff so it wasn't like flat it was uh i guess while it was deep frying it kind of shriveled and stuff but no it was crispy just because of how small it was the bacon did not uh the batter didn't stay on the bacon but it was it was crispy and goodness uh chris are you back and can you tell us why something is good that it's over my thank god it's over thing is that uh i finished a job that was three weeks and it's always nice when you have a job that lasts for three weeks consistently that you can shake the guy's hand and say thank you this job is over and if you call me anymore it'll be full price so <laughs> thank you so was it a was it a virus cleanup no this is a rebuild of, or a, a new hotel coming in and so they contracted me to come in and do the you know they obviously wanted to save money and they did not pay for my quote of stuff they went with their own uh you know sam's club or some other open box type place and they bought all their equipment from them so yeah it was a whole lot of where is this thing that you need in order for to make all these computers talk to each other oh i didn't know we needed that so I have to find a way to make it work. Thank you. All right. So I, I was sorry. I was lost 
in reading the next story, um, Michael, um, whose name I just forgot, who was the Foronics guy, posted that he was on our show. And I was reading some of the comments, and frankly, they're kind of hurtful. Yeah. Uh, A couple, you know, he, yeah. He, um, you know, he mentioned that he was on our show, and then he posted... Um, a link to the uh, video. So I guess he captured the video as well. And, uh, you know, of course, a lot of the guys were, golly, their video is awful, and they should realize that we're an audio podcast. Uh, and then they just proceeded to uh, just dog us pretty heavily. Uh, they are like Linux uber geeks, and we're not trying to appeal to them. So, of course, they think we're um, beneath them. But I was just like, man, there was lots of, uh, well, lots. There was two pages worth of talk about us and most of it wasn't any good. So <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was like, man. <laughs> Hey, here's a great comment. As a matter of principle, I don't listen to podcasts. They waste valuable time compared to plain text. Awesome. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So then he doesn't have a cell phone then. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know? I'm like, you know, you are not our target audience, sir. <laughs> hey, it takes all kinds. And uh, we, we've often said that the the Uber Linux uh, geek is a, a prickly bunch. And so we don't really expect them to really get us. And that's fine. I'm okay with that. Um, Chris, you just you got all kinds of of stuff in the in the shows this week so uh the this opener this week. i know what what about the company five star well i i was browsing through amazon and of course shopping for stuff excuse and me com slash amazon of yes. course always always um but i was looking for a ionizer with a uv light for my basement to help cut down on the moisture. And uh, we know one of those ionizing air ion air ionizers. Yes. And usually they're around the $200 mark for the, the size of the room I'm trying to put it in. And I ran across one that was a $200 one that was discounted to $60. So I figured, you know, for $60, as long as it doesn't burn my house down, I'm going to try it. But I've never heard of a company named Five Star. Have any of you guys ever heard of a company? No. I mean, I've seen, I've read tons of their five star reviews, but no, I've never <laughs> yeah. heard of it. <laughs> yeah, I, it was just one of those things that I've never heard of the company before. It's I don't know the the landscape very well either, so maybe they're a decent brand, but for sixty dollars, if it's that I'll cheap swing. on Amazon, the company's probably called Five Star because they know Americans can't pronounce Xing Shua Shihua. Uh, it's a Jap it's a Chinese Probably. knockoff generic company. Um, I've had mixed luck with those. Sometimes, uh, sometimes you get great stuff at a great price. Sometimes you get crap at a cheap price. Well, yeah, there. But there it goes. I I figured it, it can't hurt to try. And uh, it also couldn't hurt to try a Transformer Prime. Apparently, well, at least in at least in my case. Um, my Transformer Prime, it, I have to say goodbye because it was a, it died a slow motherboard burnout death or something similar. Um, it's uh, currently in the pile of things that I have to find out if it's going to be repaired or not. But uh, yeah, I've, I've only had it for th two months and it's dead. 
So that's I, I felt sad because I was starting to get used to having a tablet. Is it not under warranty? So, no, it's expired because I I got it secondhand. So it's a it was bought for the for the school, and I was using it because my superintendent didn't like it, but he had it for a year before it, he t- gave it up. So yeah, I'm at the end of its life for uh, for me at least because. According to the Azus company, when I was talking with them and explaining what was ha- what it was doing, they go, "Well, that sounds like you have a cracked motherboard, and it's pretty much no good. And it'd be three hundred and some dollars to repair it if it's what I th- if it's what we think it is. It's like, well, for that much, I can get a new one. And maybe you can buy a new one with all the money you make off of the other bad techs in your area." <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Uh, it's actually pretty possible at the rate things are going around here. Um, I've had one, three currently in the shop right now and another four or five that are scheduled to come in that went to a shop, and I'm not going to name their names because I don't know if anyone around here listens to my show, but I won't badger them too horribly. But when you do a, like let's say you, a, a machine comes in, it's you know needs to be formatted and reinstalled, it's got the factory partitions still that are valid partitions. Why would you run a repair, the the clean repair thing where it makes the dot old files? Do, I mean, does that? Oh, make sense I know to the answer. Guys? I know the answer to that because they don't have a freaking clue what they're doing. Um, at least that's been my experience. <laughs> so, sorry. Yeah, uh, but that's that's this one and that one. And so, yeah, there's, it's all sorts of, of fun re-fixing a proper broken computer the proper way. Something like that. <laughs> all right. And by the way, I did notice that you called it my show. Seth and I do have a little something to do with it once in a while. There's a little Freudian slip there. I don't know if anybody around here listens to my show, you said. Well, you know, I take good pride at this show, and I, I I push it out as to everybody that I can possibly throw it at. So, yeah, it's it's my show, just like it's my office, even though I share it. Yeah. Okay. Just couldn't let that go. Um, let's move yeah, on now to a little bit of listener feedback. We don't have much this week, uh, so it won't take long. First off, uh, a repeat contributor, Guillaume, um, has uh, has more to say about Easy Life, which I believe was mentioned. Uh, by somebody in our chat room on the last episode. He says, Bonjour, Mark, Seth, and Chris. I think that means he's German. Um, I just wanted to get back on the easy life matter. I don't know much about the health of the developer, but the project still looks current. On the website, easylifeproject.org, it's written that the latest final version of Easy Life is for Fedora 19. Your point is still valid, though. Oftentimes, solutions found on the internet can be dated, so it's a good practice to verify them before using them or suggesting them to others. Regards, Guillaume. Yeah, and that was that's kind of pointed at me because I made a comment that I thought the Easy Life developer was was sick, and I've I, since uh, reading this, I've I've asked around a couple of my Fedora chat rooms, finding out if it is or if I was right or if it was a different project that I was thinking of, and of course I'm. Sad to say that I might be mistaken. It might be a different project that did a similar thing that the guy was sick. All right. But yeah, easy life is still okay. It's it's you don't have to be sad that a guy's not sick. That's okay. You're no, just no. sad that you I'm were wrong. I'm sad that I'm, Golly. Golly, that I'm Chris, wrong. Golly, Chris, you sound pretty heartless. Yeah. So. 
I'm sad to say the dude's in fine health. Unfortunately, he's doing just fine. Uh, or somebody has taken up the torch and is doing just fine. But regardless, definitely be careful about some of those um, fix your operating system tools. Because, yeah. yeah, if you depend upon them too much and they go away, then you don't know how to do it yourself. All right. And the next thing on the list, a fellow Chris is also a Raiders fan. Imagine that. Two guys named Chris in the world like that crappy team. Um I thought you were just going to say, imagine Ouch. that two Raiders fans. Well, you know, it's... Ouch. <laughs> it's... Anyway. Uh, the, the, Ra- the Raider Nation hurting now. <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch out. I mean, anybody who will who will dress in spikes and carry a club is probably not somebody you should mess with. Um, oh, and, and there and you there's go. a crass joke I was going to make there, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to read on and say, Chris says, hello, everyone. Uh, that's my line, Chris. I've been listening for a while now, and this is one of my favorite shows. Uh, would you tell that to the guys over at the Pharonics Forum? Because they really tore us apart. Uh, I was listening to EDL number 115 and was surprised to learn that Chris is an Oakland Raiders fan. I, too, am a Raiders fan since I've known football since the 70s. So in honor of helping a fellow Chris and Raider fan, I've told my wife to use your Amazon link during this holiday season to help support your show. Keep up the great work. I look forward to your future shows go Raiders. So it's not because he likes the show, but because Chris is a Raider fan <laughs> that he's decided to use helmetopi.com right. slash Amazon. That's Dude, right. if we can get people to use that, I'll say I like, you know, the Patriots or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it works that way, but that, yeah, thanks oh. a lot, Chris. We'll, we'll gladly we'll gladly take your, your little uh, kickback donation from Amazon without a problem and keep it up. And uh, and you don't Go just Raiders. have to be a fan of a lousy football team to uh, to do that. Trust me, I know because um, <laughs> I've seen fans of good football team, not myself, mind you, uh, do it as well. All you have to do is if you're going to go to Amazon, just go to elementopcom slash Amazon. It's no difference to you. Exact same experience. They just give us a little, it's anywhere between 1% and 5% of your purchase uh, as a referral fee. The, and so, you know, when you're going to go buy that next 747 Jumbo Jet on Amazon, just do it through our link, and I'd appreciate it. <laughs> we'll appreciate it if you just use it to buy the, you know, $1.99 uh, plunger thing <laughs> yeah. or $5 DVD. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't work for mobile apps, so don't ever buy anything on a mobile app. That's all I got to say about that. All right, into That's some... News of the week, as always, Seth brought us 756 stories. I'm going to pick out the handful that I think we can squeeze into our three-hour show uh, and say, we mouse, uh, excuse me, we moat plus Linux equals awesomeness. Yeah, you know, the we is kind of, um, it's last generation's technology. They're over to the, like the Wii U now. But if you've got an old Wii remote sitting around and you like to use Linux, uh, and you've, if you've got Bluetooth on your Linux computer, there's a free application called Wii Can and you can set up your Wiimote to be like a mouse and presenter wand for your Linux computer. So I just thought that was pretty cool. And since we're a Linux show, throw in there and you can, uh, you can actually take some Wii Heart, or you know, you can go buy um, dollar stores sell the knockoff uh, Wii things for less than ten bucks. So you could get a really cool 
you know, mouse and everything for your Linux machine. We can is a great app that you can use to do that. Go Linux. I've, I've seen apps that do that in Android as well, so that you can play Android games using a Wiimote, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, that is yeah. cool. I, I've seen this with uh, this, the Sony PlayStation play, uh, PlayStation 3 remotes, too. That's still pretty, oh, really? pretty darn cool, though. I like it. Yeah. And you know if you're if you're using a Wii remote, it may be because you're a digital nomad. And what what are some other tips for a digital nomad? Well, there's quite a few actually. This was this was an article. It's not really a news per se, but it's an article about if you're a person that lives their life hopping Wi-Fi to Wi-Fi hotspots. And this is a guy who's been saying, you know, he's he's doing it through Europe and mid, the Middle East. And it's kind of a neat little little article because he goes through things like, you know, things to look for in a backpack, but don't buy the super duper ones because they just scream steal me. Um, but the one thing that I wanted to, to definitely bring up is there's an animated GIF about halfway down the first page of what happened to somebody's laptop. Um, and it doesn't say where the laptop was stolen. Uh, it's just out of some internet cafe. But you watch the guy walk in, walk past the guy with a laptop, take about four steps behind him, turn around, and run, grab the lap, uh, just a snatch and grab. He just snatched the laptop right off the guy and ran out the front door. In broad daylight, there was no, no nothing, just ding, laptop gone. So, again, make sure you have backups just in case your laptop gets you know, smash and grabbed. That would be bad. But it was a good article, and it has a lot of good information um, for just basic tips on how to keep your digital devices, your still your digital devices after you go <laughs> wandering around showing off how big your and bad your laptops are. All right. Uh, and moving right along, you know, we've done a few stories, and actually we've sort of um, poo-pooed a few stories, about how Android is such a terribly insecure platform, well, a new story says maybe not so much. Yeah, um, you know, it's one of those things, it's everybody knows it, and so since everybody knows it, no one links to the proof, um, you know, and uh, there's a lot There's a lot of meat to this story, but basically a guy from uh, Android, he went through, you know, and of course a lot of, the insecurities of Android is tied to the old versions. Um, starting with the last couple ones, they've gotten a lot better and there's like multiple layers of defense and less than one, what is that? One thousandth percent of app installs on Android are able to evade the system's multi-layer defense and get outside that. So that's, and that's including apps that are installed outside of like the Google Play Store. Um, so that's one one thousandth of one percent. So one in every 100,000 app installs um, are able to break through all of the security and be able to harm your system. And that includes the things such as the text message installs and all those kind of things. And then, you know, and they, they talk about how the Google ecosystem is more akin to something like 
the uh, CDC, which is the Center for Disease Control, rather than a traditional computer model of just protect everything. Uh, it is a really neat. It was a really neat story to read. I kind of hope you take a look and read it and just go through because, you know, it's one of those things. There's a lot of information in there and it's kind of dry to do, but they, there's this one chart on here analyzing 1.5 billion installs from outside of Google Play and it shows the total installs and then how many of them were potentially harmful apps for, you know, when that, and there, a lot of times you get a message. This is potentially harmful. Do you want to do it? And some of those are uh, hobbyists who will root their phone or root their device just so they can get in and tinker and stuff. And that's including those in this number as well. So they break it in and say that um, anyway, it's just a really neat article. And it's just one of those things that something everybody knows might not necessarily be true. Uh, and, you know, just to, to bring some uh, perspective to this, this is another case, however, of telling your story through numbers it says you know less than right. 0.1 percent well it only takes one to be a big problem so you know uh, the the story the headline is says that android is almost impenetrable okay that's that's a little ridiculous to, to even say that about anything but right you know just want to say it's it's not a leaking sieve but it's probably not fort knox either yeah. Right. I like how the some of the diagrams are are simple though enough for most people to understand like the very first one where it shows you the multiple layers of defense. And I didn't realize a couple of these layers were there. Um so it's kind of a neat it's just a neat article and I will agree with Seth it's worth the read even if you only take it with a grain of salt you at least come away with it knowing a little bit more about how Android does stuff than you did before. All right. Yeah, and, and you know it goes into or go ahead. No, I was going to move on, Seth. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say it goes, you know, whenever something pops up and says, do you want to allow this to hose your machine? You know, you need to stop and read what it says and think about what it says, because the greatest security of your system is you. And I mean, you can also be the greatest weakness of your system as well. So. Yes, it's the OSI layer eight is always the problem. Yep. Oh, the wetware layer. Um, <laughs> just this is another one of those that I think is a non-story, but the people who are in our audience will will disagree with me on that. So we'll go about it. Uh, you know, a while back, Facebook started uh, selling ads for things you had liked. If you liked a restaurant, they might put an ad with your picture on it saying, hey, Tom likes this restaurant. Well, Google Plus is going to be doing the same thing in the near future. Yeah, that's yeah. basically the, they announced on Friday that they're, um, selling your endorsement. So five years ago, or, you know, however long ago, when you went to Olive Garden and said, this was the best meal I've ever had. Well, now, you know, Tom, best meal I ever ate at Olive Garden, you know, so there, because you're not paying for the service, you are giving them permission to turn around and use you as a potential source of revenue. Um, one one you know, big difference, though, uh, I'm sorry, uh, one big difference, though, between the way Facebook does it and the way Google does it is they give you the option. You can turn that sucker off. Um, they send out an update to Google Plus users with, you know, here's updating your terms of service. And unlike most people, I actually read that email instead of just deleting it. 
and they detail uh click here click here click here click this and that will turn that off and it won't happen anymore so you have that option and also anything that you've set that like or that you know that plus one or whatever if you set it to only certain circles then only those circles will see it if you set it to public it'll be public so it it it, uh, obeys the rules you set for it in the past and you can turn them off entirely if you want yeah but you know my thing to that is how long till they change that because i remember when facebook first started there was like tons of stuff that was secure and private by default and they've just slowly over the years oh you know that used to be private now nah, you don't have a choice anymore it's kind of public oh that used to be oh no more's public more's public so i'm glad that they're giving the ability to turn it off i just kind of hope they don't at some point in the future take that away they can't take the sky from me sorry Firefly no but if it gets so that. polluted you can't see it yeah sorry yeah firefly fans got that um <laughs> the blue screen of death not just for windows anymore <gasps> yeah you know i just i've been rubbed the wrong way by apple <laughs> fanboys and so any chance i can take to point out that look the iphone which is made by apple and the ios which is made by apple when you combine them you get a blue screen ha ha um, you know, so it's, you know, I, I still hear there's still that notion that, oh, apples don't crash. You know, they contribute to world peace. Uh, you'll live longer and live more fulfilled life and all that kind of, you know, it's just, it's just every, every ecosystem has their fanboys and apples are just, uh, ugh. anyway. So yeah, if you using the 5S with iOS 7, it only seems to affect the 5S and the iWork suite of productivity apps, but it causes a blue screen and there's, it's not just one person. It appears to be a pretty widespread. Um, it, it, if not widespread, the people who it happens are extremely vocal about it. Here's a great paragraph so anyway, out of yes. the article on extreme tech. Uh, dot com. The iPhone uh, 5 slash iOS 7 BSOD is ludicrous for two reasons. First of all, the color colors that Apple could have chosen. Why did it pick almost exactly the same shade of blue as Microsoft? A software engineer at Apple either has a fantastic sense of humor or completely lacks any kind of foresight at all. Second, it's insane that a normal user space non-root app has the power to crash and reset an iOS device. This either hints at a vulnerability in iOS um, or Apple being naughty and using elevated non-user space functions. Uh, It's telling that uh, its in-house Apple apps cause the BSOD, not third-party apps that wouldn't have access to any special but dangerous features. Interesting paragraph there. Hmm. But yeah, the blue screen literally is, there's no white text on it, but it's, it's a Microsoft blue blue screen. Yep. There must be, you know, in an, maybe in an RGB space, that's an easy number to pick or something. Why, why did both companies pick the same thing? Who knows? Oops. Because uh, they both stole from Only the same time will tell. other company, maybe? Because <laughs> yeah. Xerox used that, and that's why. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, some other hardware. We mentioned Pharonix. Here's an article on Pharonix saying that uh, Linux 3.12 brings big... AMD Radeon improvements. 
Yeah, and I uh, I kind of read the article, but if you just click through and look at the graphs, they chart different uh, functions from Linux kernels going back to like 3.7, and it shows the speed of like there's different games, and then there's different hardware tests. And with uh, AMD kind of came out big in the gains, so it doesn't compare like an AMD machine to an Intel machine. It just tells you an AMD machine running the the 3.11 kernel does this fast. With the 3.12, it does this fast. And there's a couple of ones where it doesn't really improve much, but overall, it seems like they're finally starting to uh, contribute and uh, play nice with the Linux community. So way to go, AMD, for stepping up and making your um, hardware better and more efficient in the Linux world. And when Michael we was on the show, you. he hinted about that. He he. He said right. there were some some uh, big updates coming that he couldn't quite talk about. So here they are. Yeah, yeah, that's still pretty cool. I don't know if it ever take me away from my Nvidia chips, but uh, and Intel chips. But that's still that's a pretty dramatic improvement on a couple of those games that they're talking about. You know, going from eleven point seven frames to I'm guessing those are frames because it doesn't exactly say in the chart but it says 11.72 oh there it is frames per second so yeah 11.72 and then on the linux 3.12 kernel it's 128 that's a (laughs) massive improvement that is more than 10 times improvement that's a big deal but if you're running any of the more current kernels the 3.8s the 310s or the 311s it's not a giant that giant jump but it's still for it 30 40 frames that's a yeah. lot even even on the on a more numer a uh, more current kernel that's still a pretty heavy jump um, good for you AMD now Intel need, or Intel and, and and Nvidia needs to step it up and show the same giant leap and then rub it in their face because I think Nvidia is still gonna win you know, we were talking a little while uh, ago, last week, maybe two weeks ago, I don't remember, about how um, Microsoft has been so uh, aggressive with their pricing that for education, you can't use price as a justification anymore. But for government, that's not the case, as illustrated by the fact that yet another government entity, in this case, the city of Raleigh, North Carolina, is going open source. That's awesome. Yeah, they, uh, they released... Uh and it's been a while back that they were like the first open source city in the world. And they're like, they're like all in, in the culture. And there's an interview with, um, Jason Hibberts has with, uh, what's it with Gil Roper, CEO or CIO for the city of Raleigh. And it's just, it's a really neat story. They're talking about what they're doing and how going open source means to government and to Riley or to Raleigh. And then also, you know, it kind of, hopefully it can, well, they're kind of hoping it will turn them into like a, you know, maybe not necessarily Silicon Valley, but a major player in the technology field, you know, like Silicon Valley is a major place. Austin, Texas is a big place. The telecom corridor in Dallas back, uh, I mean, it's kind of quieting down some, but that was a really big concentration of technological professional type peoples. And so Raleigh is making the move to open source and they're hoping they're betting big that it's going to be good for their city. It can't hurt. And because we, I'm sure the taxpayers will like, yeah, anything that makes taxes go down. The, the, The thing is 
if they do this, the open Raleigh initiative, and then taxes go up, that'll make people mad. Oh yeah. Well, but it'll be. It would have went up by this much, yeah, but it yeah. only went up by this much. We saved you all this money. That's the way you yeah. got to try to sell it. There it is. Yep, you have to sell it that way. And speaking of selling, how about selling a patent that was already been donated to the open source world? That's not good. Yes, um, American Express came up with this patent uh, that involves like uh, payments to a transaction card or something like that. And what they did was they gave it, they gave the patent, they didn't give the technology or just, but instead they gave the patent to the uh, Consumer Merchant Awareness Foundation. And, uh, you know, and they were kind of like, um, they're, you know, wanting to be like a watchdog group and just kind of prevent technological evil in the field but somehow they either sold the patent or something but um it went to intellectual ventures who would fit the nomenclature of patent troll to a t they might even attempt to replace the dictionary photo for patent troll and so now they're turning around and suing like american express among others um with this patent so uh, way to go, American Express. Thank you so much. And then, you know, way to go, patent trolls, for being a patent troll. It, it's wow. a, it's just a, one of those funny quirks that I, I don't, and again, it's, they don't really say how it happens, but the patent changed hands to, uh, Los Sapel Wireless, who has been identified as an intellectual, intellectual venture shell company. And then, um, they assigned it directly to them, and then they started suing. So, again, AM, American Express patented those little numbers on your credit card, and then for the good of the industry and consumer protection, they donated the patent to a nonprofit who promised not to enforce the patent against banks, and then the nonprofit sold it to Intellectual Ventures, who is now suing banks over it. And by the way, you know, they so, said they wouldn't enforce it. They didn't say they wouldn't sell it. And, you know, that's leadership yeah, changes yeah. hands, time. The guy who made the promise isn't there anymore. There's a new guy there. Uh, we need some cash. Here's the opportunity. And now people are being sued for something that was donated for the public good. Yeah. Craziness. Absolute craziness. Control suck. End of discussion. They money do. sucks. They do. <laughs> money is the root of all oh, evil, the isn't love it? Of money, <laughs> to be now, yeah, is the root of all yeah. kinds of evil. If we're gonna if we're gonna misquote the Bible, let's be as as close as we can. Um. Oh, well, that takes away <laughs> the fun. Misquoting is the way it makes the world go round, isn't it? <laughs> yes, I mean you do have a valid point there, Chris. And then uh, for, um, I'm gonna here we go. Uh. We have two here. I think I'm going to skip over one. We'll we'll come back to it and say, Migo, Migo, may in fact be finally dying. I don't believe it. Frankly, it's just too. It's just too too much. I've been I've been fooled too many times. Yeah, and no basically, kidding. the main reason I'm forcing this in the show is the last time we pronounced the death of Migo, it must it came back bigger and better than ever. So, well, you know, Nokia acquired Migo, and they had like their little um, app system for uh, 
the what was the uh, Symbian and Migo OS, they sent out a letter to their app developers um, saying that uh, if you have Symbian and Migo content in the Nokia store, it will continue to be available for download to customers and you will continue to receive downloaded or download and revenue reports as well as payouts for downloaded content. However, starting January 1st, 2014, you will no longer be able to publish any new content or update existing content for Symbian and Migo. So, you know, now it could be that maybe it's going to be spun off into its own thing and it'll go, it'll be somewhere else, or it could be that they're dropping it as part of their Microsoft, um, amalgamation. Um, however, that's going to work out. Um, and since, you know, Microsoft, it, it can't beat companies. It's just trying to cut them off at the vine so they'll shrivel up and die. So anyway, this is a plea for me, go to please, please come back. Don't go, Migo. Please don't go. It's like that. Movie All I have chain. to say is double tap. <laughs> Migo, don't go, Migo. Shane. All righty. And as long as we're talking about things that won't die, how about Fortran? Fortran? Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, that's our to this week in history, October the 15th, 1956. Fortran is shared with the coding community for the first time. October 15th, 1956. Uh, uh, what is that? 57 years ago, if my math is right. Um, Fortran, That's which a, a lot of people consider the first modern computer language, is shared with the coding community. And there is still Fortran code out there, let me tell you. It is still, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, it's not a big deal, but to the co- people who run it, it's a big deal. So... It's it's the zombie. It just won't die. It won't die. Right, but you know that's uh. This is like one of my favorite segments of the show. Is I like you know I like trivial facts and uh, I get to share them with everyone. Excellent. You know what my favorite part of the show is? My favorite part of the show is the LinuxAcademy.com ad, where I get to tell you about uh, my good friend Anthony and all the great work he is doing over there at LinuxAcademy.com, where they offer step-by-step video courses designed to help beginners uh, start with, with nothing and become server admins. Uh, but wait, there's more. Just recently, they've they've brought branched out into the desktop environment so now it's both it's not just server it's linux it's linux on the desktop and linux on the server with their new feature that we've talked about before called modules which is a collection of courses aimed for a specific goal there's their first module was intro to linux taking you all the way down to the linux history from from um unix and and minix and linus deciding to make his own version of it and all the way up to a modern desktop OS like, oh, I don't know, maybe Salient OS. Um, and they will talk, talk you through that. And not only do you get um, uh, video guides where you have a lecturer and uh, and uh, visual learning aids, you also get PDF study guides that you can down along, download along with it. You get quizzes that you can take after the fact. And when it's all said and done, they've got this nice little um, tr- uh lesson browser that keeps track of everything you've done it keeps track of the scores that you've taken on your test it keeps track of what lessons you've done because you can you can a la carte you can pick this one and this one and this one and not necessarily have to go through a whole course or a module and the lesson browser picks it up but if you want to you can start at one place and go to another and you get all this great stuff for only 19 dollars a month 
$19 a month. Or if you buy two months, you get a third month free, and they'll give you a quarter for $38. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Mark. Maybe I'm not ready to shuck out 19 whole dollars on this newfangled linuxacademy.com. I hear you saying that. Don't worry about it. You got a buck. We reach around sure. under your the cushions in your front seat of your car and pull out 10 dimes. That'll do. That'll get you two weeks uh, a trial over at linuxacademy.com. You pay a dollar just to show Anthony that you're a real person with a real PayPal account. You can actually pay for something if you want to. And he'll open the floodgates for you. You can browse around unfettered. It's not a crippleware sort of thing. You get access to everything he's got for 14 days for a buck. You decide to keep it, kick in the other $18, and you get the rest of the month. $19 a month for high-quality Linux learning. Linuxacademy.com. When you go there, and I know you will, tell them we sent you by using the uh, code EverydayLinux in the referral field. And moving right along. Well, before we move along, Mark, I just want to say I Googled uh, Linux boot camps. And two-day boot camps are going for, like, between thirteen and $1,600. For two days, you know, you've got two days to absorb all this knowledge, and it'll be $1,300. Thank you very much if you come out to see us versus $19 for a month of going at your own pace, going back and reviewing, going slow enough so that you can learn it. Um, and not just not just memorize something to pass an objective, but learn and master. And maybe you know you can't master it in a month, but you can get darn confident in what you're able to do. So, nineteen dollars a month or thirteen hundred dollars for two days. Uh, the choice is yours. So basically, you could get um, six and a half years. Of Linux Academy for the cost of one weekend, if my quick right. math is right on that. So I think I think in six and a half wow. years you can pretty much learn a lot. That's that's crazy so. that price range over. <laughs> yeah. That's nuts. And I won't mention the go, name everybody. of the company, but you know, that was just one that I went. I just I googled Linux boot camp, and that was one of the top non-paid links. By the way, they're getting it's make they're making it harder to figure out what's paid and non-paid. It used to be more obvious than it is. Just a little gripe right. line, by the way. All right, so uh this week we have an interview in quotes. It's a it's a quote interview. <laughs> it's it's not it's not an interview like we've ever done before, and I'll tell you why. Gabriele um lives in Italy where it is currently uh quick time zone math 3 a.m. Sunday morning. Um, for some reason, he didn't want to stay up all night Saturday or get up at 3 o'clock in the morning uh, to do this show with us. So instead, uh, he said, um, hey, guys, how about you send me a list of questions and I will send you responses. Uh, and then also there was a little bit of, of a language barrier. He says, you'll see, not so much. He, he speaks. He only speaks three languages um and and english isn't his first language slacker or his second <laughs> slacker yeah. he only I speaks mean, three languages 
Um, How dare you only speak three languages when your English isn't as good as those of us who only speak English? So, <laughs> so he he didn't feel comfortable being here live for those two reasons. So we have sort of a a Memorex version. Is it live or is it Memorex? We have Gabriele with us um, uh, in some snippets. We sent him questions. He answered those questions in audio format, and that's what we're going to do. So, uh, without further ado, the first question we said is, "Hey, tell us a little bit about." yourself uh but before he did that actually he had this to say um, just to, to to kick off the show hello to all friends of everyday linux i'm gabriele and i thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about the project Salentos with you. I thank Seth Anderson, who is the one who contacted me via email, inviting me to chat with you in, tra in this transmission. I'm sorry for not being able to be uh, in live uh, with you, but unfortunately, the time zone is the major obstacle. In addition, I apologize for my English uh, that is, is not perfect, but I hope that I can make myself understood. At this point, I'd like to point out that his English is a billion percent better than my Italian. And so, yeah, and also, or go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say we haven't listened to these before, That's so true. we're kind of hearing what he's saying the first time, uh, just along with all of y'all. Right. We decided to keep it real for you, just keeping it real. Uh, that we would just uh, listen to these cold and then pontificate, and this is great because we can tear the guy apart. After he says something and he can't defend himself. It's awesome. Oh, but we wouldn't do that. It's what the American news media does every day. Uh, but anyway, moving right along, we said, hey, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself. And here's what he had to say. Okay. I introduce myself. I am 27 years old. I, I'm from Italy. I'm from uh, Lecce. Uh, that is the capital of uh, Salento and um, I have a degree in sociology with a passion for computer science and above all for all that is uh, that it is open source. I currently work in a call center for customer service in Lecce while uh, earlier I worked in a drug treatment facility for alcoholics, uh, drug addicts and comorbid, in uh, which I did social group therapy. Uh, in addition to the current work that I do, I am responsible for the creation of websites based on Joomla, uh, which I have become an expert self-taught, but uh, also sites in uh, HTML and PHP. What else? Mm, ah, okay. My other great passion is uh, football, calcio italiano, and my favorite team is uh, Lecce. Mm, Sunday is not Sunday if I do not see a lot of my beloved team. Uh, music. I also listen a lot of music, ranging from uh, soul, blues, R&B, and uh, hip hop up to the jazz as it jazz bossa nova the vast majority of the artists that i listen to uh, and populate the cd and the keys of my car are all niche artists that i never broadcast again uh, in italian radio unfortunately in america no but in italian radio um, they are never broadcasted uh, 
of course all contrasts with uh, what here's my girlfriend she's very commercial in, in the um, commercial and the classical italian in her musical tests music that uh, with all the effort possible i cannot hear i cannot hear um, what I can uh, what can I say more um, as last thing I am a gamer yes I'm a gamer I like video games and console football video games I want an Xbox uh, with which I enjoy playing FIFA online so he, he's got a couple of passions he's got his job he's got his woman he's got football in various incarnations of it yeah, that and works. just in case our uh, audience doesn't realize, when he says football, we think soccer. Uh, right. But, you know, I was just like, you know, hey, my degree's in counseling, and I'm in the computer field, so he sounds like a really cool guy. You know, if he were if he were closer in the time zone, um, I, I would like to hang out with him, yeah. I think. He just sounds really cool. Yeah, and he sounded very American when he said, Sunday isn't complete without my football game. Um, there definitely. it is, yeah. And so then we ask him the next question is, what was the path you took from that sort of regular guy to OS maintainer? And here was his response for that. Actually, no. Um, I skipped a question. The next question was, when did you discover Linux? And then he'll answer, I'm just going to play him back to back. What was the path you took from being uh, a regular guy to a uh, OS maintainer? I've discovered Linux in recent times, and uh, it's been overwhelming. It was uh, 2008, actually not so long ago, when I switched completely to using a Linux system, even though before I had released um, really on a virtual machine with Ubuntu 7.04 in the, um, the home computer, um, computer um, that used all my family. At home, I was constrained uh, to using Windows because my younger sisters are the classic medium users uh, in the use of the computer, while the G-curious, uh, stubborn, always trying to figure out uh, why something happens and not another, it's me. Uh, then when I graduated to start working, uh, I could buy a laptop for me that I customized with uh, with Ubuntu in dual boot with Windows 7. Currently, I own two laptops, an HP, uh, both with uh, SUSE Linux Enterprise 11, and uh, but uh, that was replaced uh, with various distros, OpenSUSE, Fedora, uh, Debian. Uh, although currently I have installed I have installed uh, Salentos uh, in uh, version with Openbox I have installed Ubobox Salentos on the second on the second laptop I I have uh, Salentos with uh, Razer QT and um, that I use in dual boot with uh, Windows 7 Let's say that I have always been a geek, ever um, since I started using my first computer. I have uh, always been uh, fascinated uh, with the idea to find out what was behind a computer. Then, um, growing up, I ground more and more my patience, and uh, here I am. 
let's say that the path has been challenging yes it's been challenging but um, but enjoyable because I did it uh, and I do it with passion I, I just have to interject here I love calling us jeeks I think I think that's I'm going to use that from now on <laughs> I've always been a jeek that, I love that that's a, uh, that is a good one yeah and the next question we asked him was uh, why did you name it Sarentos but after having heard his first couple of answers i now know the answer to that but let's hear what he had to say anyway as i have said many times in other occasions um, salentos um, the project salentos was born because uh, taking full advantage of the power of um, the power and freedom of movement of linux i decided to Wait, create i can't i can't follow my own notes that question was not why did you name it salentos but why did you start the Salentos distro. Sorry, I'm, I'm going through too many screens here. So that's the question he's answering. An operating system tailored for my laptop, for my PC. So I start to install the minimal version of Ubuntu. I choose Openbox as um, default Windows, Windows manager of the desktop. And uh, after that, I installed the software that I use normally every day. Um, of this uh, personal system, and I made a copy on a installable live CD that I turned uh, to a friend, Emanuele, who, um, after seeing the system that I have called, uh, that I had called Ubobox, as well as being satisfied. Um, he also told me that other people may appreciate the quality of my work. I was skeptical. I did not distribute a copy immediately, and I continued to use uh, to use it only on my laptop while continuing to continuing to customize it. All right. So basically, he made Ubuntu what he wanted it to be, and then shared it with someone else. And that's how Salentos was born. There it he, is. He took all the things that we always complain about Ubuntu, the fact that it doesn't work right out of the box, that sort of thing, um, and fixed it. So there you go. And now the question, uh, why did you name it Salentos? Uh, the origin of the name. Mm, the first name of the operating system was uh, Ububox. Simply Ubuntu uh, add uh, to Openbox. I make a premise. In uh, 2011, I lived in Piemonte for work and uh, I felt a lot of nostalgia for my native land, Salento, um, where I returned only one or two times a year. My personal Ububox was uh, enriched with images of the landscapes of uh, Salento, which I used as wallpapers. Uh, my friend Emanuele uh, continued, meanwhile, to put the idea in saying that the system was very nice to see and especially lighter than the official version versions of Ubuntu, and that it could have some more fan besides him, of course. If I had decided to put it online, I had just started uh, my first web project, um, gemstyle.org, 
with whom I was addressing internet users with articles in order to solve some common problems in the Linux world. Of course, um, pointed out Emanuele, Ubobots could be linked to gemstyle.org and uh, that's all. In short, uh, he convinced me and I decided to put, it, uh, to put online the version based uh, on Ubuntu 11.04 uh, as Ububox Salentos 11.04 just because the system was uh, graphically inspired by my beloved uh, land, uh, Salento. So he named it Salentos because he was homesick. Simple enough. Nah, that's a good reason to name it that. Yeah, uh, pretty cool. So, Chris, your distro would be called yeah. BFE. Is that is that what you would call it? BFE, <laughs> as in yeah, bum uh, nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, Egypt. BF Egypt is what we, yeah. we would call. It. Yeah. So anyway, um, the next question, and I know that this had to come from Chris, obviously. Do you always plan to be based on Ubuntu? And here's his response. As I have said on other occasions, Salentos is an Ubuntu-based. I don't exclude the possibility to create in the future um, a third version, probably based on Debian, but at the moment it's, um, it's just an idea. I have to consider many things, uh, including the amount of time to pursue the development of three versions, since at the moment I am the only, the only developer. So don't get your hopes up. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> um, and then the next question was, why should someone use Salentos? What makes Salentos special? Uh, why should someone use Salentos? Mm, I think Salentos is uh, suitable for those who don't want to give up power and... Uh, Mm, perhaps also the easy of use of uh, of Ubuntu, but want a different system from Ubuntu official. Who mm, I think, uh, mm, in my opinion, it's uh, it's heavy. In addition, mm, I believe that uh, Salentos offers a good choice of desktop environment with uh, with Ububox Salentos that use only uh, OpenBox, pure OpenBox, and uh, Razer QT Salentos mm, that use uh, Razer QT. I insist on a Razer QT project mm, because uh, uh, it's a young project but uh, already very popular and uh, and stable uh, in the end um, but I think that is not less important reason um, those who use Salentos can discover the beautiful landscapes on of Salento and uh, have them always with you <laughs> I love he's such a uh, a lover of his homeland I like that he is yeah so use Salento so that you can see the great pictures of Salento. Interesting. There it is. Yeah, and I don't know if guy if they remember, but it's like the boot part of Italy is uh, what the area is. That's the right. that's Salentos. Yeah, the southeastern extremity 
uh, of the sub peninsula of Italy. So I would imagine it is a very, um, I never mind. And my thought left my head right. Oceanic, aquatic kind of thing, maybe? Sure. It's very sea of based. The sea. Sure. Fisherman, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. 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 Not sea bass, but sea based. <laughs> Uh, the next question was, what are some of the goals that you have set for uh, Salentos? I honestly believe that my main goal is uh, to continue this project with the utmost commitment. And, uh, and then we will see. The next release will be released um, later and uh, will be based on uh, Ubuntu LTS. And I'm studying some news, yes, I'm studying some news. But at the moment, I am the only one to carry on the, pro- the project and uh, would love to be able to involve uh, other collaborators in, uh, in Salentos. Mm, for the rest, I believe that the job pays uh, in the end. And, and then we will see what the future, um, what the future will bring in a, very, in a very quiet. All right. Any comments on that, guys? Nope. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, well, it's, it's straightforward. It's kind of cool that, like, you know, I couldn't tell if he's, like, kind of using this as maybe an audition for a programming or developing type job, or if he just hopes that maybe it'll take off well enough that it could be, you know, that he could get some money out of it somehow. So I just, it sounds like, you know, he has kind of thought out some things and actually has some goals with it as opposed to, hey, this would be cool. So it's just pretty neat. I'm impressed that he uses OpenBox as the base of it. Have you th- either of you guys used OpenBox at all? I don't know anything about it. It's Not very I. minimalistic. Um, extreme. And I mean, from its base install, it's very, I mean, there's nothing there. You have to basically draw the whole thing yourself, and it's all based on config files. So um, if you want your, your desktop to be... Uh, and it might have changed since the last time I used it, but I was I was really impressed with how well impressed and scared of how barren the desktop is when you first boot it. If it um, scares the command line Godfather, it must be sparse. <laughs> a man who who prefers to look at a black box with a white cursor. It's not white. Okay. No, 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 green. Mark. He prefers to remote into a headless machine. <laughs> Via a black box and a white cursor. It's not white. Okay. <laughs> oh, green. So, I'm sorry. Blue? Blue. blue. like blue. Blue. Back in the old days of DOS, I, I liked a nice uh, medium cyan color. That's that's what I always there made in my terminal. Yep. All right. So moving that on, <laughs> the, the next question we ask him is, what can we do? How can we get involved? Uh, in the project, if somebody in our audience uh, wants to contribute, what can we do? You have to use Salentos, mm, participate in the community, join the community, and uh, discuss everything about the system and any problems uh, or bugs. Uh, for those wishing to collaborate directly, instead, uh, you can contact me via email and uh, we will talk. Um, I I think uh, I think it takes a lot of patience. 
<laughs> so first step, use Solentos. All right, that's fair. Second step, be patient. Yeah. Uh, it rules me out. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, and like I said, when I was uh, installing it, I had one issue, and I went into the forums. And granted, it's a new, it's a new distro. There aren't tons of. I actually went and read every thread in the English section and all the posts. So, and you know, it only took me like a few minutes to do that. But there was, you know, somebody had the problem that I had had with the uh, you the package manager wouldn't launch, and there was the fix in the forums, and so, you know. The, the issue was addressed and it was resolved and I'm sure in the next update it probably won't even be an issue anymore and then the last question that we ask him is the one that I always like to ask everybody if there was only one thing that somebody could take away from the show if they remembered nothing else you said what's the one thing you'd like them to know I don't think I said something mm, so mm, thrashendental today uh Mm, let's say I'd like people to understand and remember that uh, that Salento's project is uh, is created for fun and uh, grew up with a passion. No money. It's uh, it's freeware. Everything that has been done up to now is uh, the result of passion for Linux and the open source open source world uh, thank you thank you all again guys uh, if uh, <laughs> if anyone wants to come to Lecce and Salento on a summer holiday do not uh, uh, do not hesitate to contact me I will be our guide bye bye well, that's that's an offer I can't refuse. If I'm ever in the the toe of the boot of Italy, there it is. I'm gonna give Gabriele a call. No kidding, I De- would too. Definitely. Um, I just wish it wasn't so expensive to fly over there. And they don't. Unfortunately, there's no bridge. I would rather drive, but uh, you can't really drive to the to the old country. Someday, someday there's gonna be a tunnel. There's gonna be a transatlantic <laughs> tunnel where you can just get in and and someday that that'll happen no you think yeah. so or you know <laughs> no i'll get like the james bond car and just drive along the ocean floor and then uh that's what i'll do there you go yeah six thousand miles in a little sports car that's got to be comfortable uh <laughs> no <laughs> no <laughs> where are you gonna stop for would- gas or to pee you know I'd be in the ocean. Who cares where you I was, I, <laughs> I was just thinking that, you know, technically I would have to have two kids and a wife with me if I went that far. That far. Anyway, that no. Sports car underwater for that long? No. No, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So, but you would uh, be with the current, see? You would be with the current, and so you wouldn't need as much gas no. as when you came back. Um, yeah, I, you, I you might need Crush, the the sea turtle, but no, you got to yeah. be in the East Australian current for that. So never mind. No, I I watched Titanic today. We wasn't anything else on. Leave me alone. Oh, actually, I like that movie, <laughs> but uh, I watched it on TV, and I, uh, my kids had never seen it for obvious reasons. It's a, it's a very adult movie, but I thought, you know, my almost eleven year old, she'll be eleven at the end of the week. Thought she was it was ready. She it was time for her uh so we watched it and of course she bawled like a baby and 
that's appropriate, you know, in certain parts of it. But one of the things that 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 we uh, talked about during the course of that is just how vast the ocean is. I mean, if you've never been on the ocean, uh, even if you've just been to the beach, it's that you, you it's hard to comprehend the scale of how vast it is. Um, you know, and so this floating city took, I think it was two and a half weeks to make the trip from England to New York. Um, imagine doing that in a James Bond sports car. That's, I didn't have a point there. It just, it just struck me because that was on my mind today. Yeah. And I would just like to point out that, uh, that was a great movie because Leonardo DiCaprio's character did die in it. So that's obviously, that's one of my criteria for great movies. It was on, I think, AMC or something. It was a, uh, it was television. So they cut out. It was awesome. Uh, they cut out the the a lot of the language and the nude scene and uh, most of Celine Dion. So it was perfect. Uh, they really removed the most offensive parts of the movie. Well, then that yeah. works. <laughs> um, so Seth, you've been using Salentos. Uh, as much as you've been using your computer for the last week. Do you have any more thoughts uh, this week? Uh, last week you talked about the basic install. What about living with it? What are you, what are you finding the, the move-in uh, requirements to be like? Well, dude, I just I have to say that it works. You know, I mean, one, I'm not a big fan of Chrome, so the Chromium browser, I mean, it does everything. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's just I'm more of a Firefox guy, but, I mean, I signed in to Chromium with my Gmail account. I was able to get on Facebook. I was able to play videos, um, all that kind of stuff. I have my flash drive that has like a bunch of flash files and MP3s and videos and stuff that I've collected over the, over many years. And it was able to access all of those. I had installed LibreOffice. So I was able to pull up a doc that I had saved, um, able to view PDFs. I didn't have to install any PDF viewer. I don't remember the name of it, but it was, um, it was already there. And so it just works from an everyday user standpoint. Um, again, my computer didn't have a, um, didn't have a DVD or a CD drive. So I didn't try playing a disc. I think I'm going to have to, uh, have to find some time when my dad isn't using the portable one downstairs and steal it and hook it up just to see if it will play CDs or if it'll play DVDs or if I have to do anything special to it. Um, and I would, I started working on this show in it, but it's a smaller laptop. And so just the screen size was too small for me to get a lot of work done, but that's more a limitation of the laptop than Salento. So I was able to go into Google docs. Everything worked fine. I didn't come across any usability issues. Um, so I think if you're looking for OS and you can say I didn't have any usability issues, I think that's pretty high marks. Yeah, that would be pretty high marks. That would definitely rank up there in in the top. But when it's based off of Ubuntu, you would expect nothing else. And it right. is an image of a guy who tweaked it and got it the way he wanted it. So that's that's the value right there. So he, he already put everything on there that a user would need. Um, and so that's yeah. the real benefit of it. Well, like I say, I had to install LibreOffice, but you know, it had Abby Word on it. Um, 
and you know there's like a notepad and, and stuff like that and i installed vlc just because i like vlc but the built-in player and again i can't remember the name of it it worked it you know like it would play my flash videos which you know if you have a windows machine windows media player can't play a flash video you have to uh download vlc uh for that to work in windows um, I think if you have Office now, Office can read PDFs, I think, I don't remember, but just Windows by itself, you can't. Um, you know, Windows by itself doesn't have much in the terms of Office functionality. I mean, you've got Notepad and WordPad, but that's about it. So out, out of the box, it's, it's at least as effective as Windows is. Um, and again, you know, I didn't have to do any special setup. It found my wireless card. It found the network. I just put in my wireless password and I was on the network. So it works. If you want to try a distribution, if you know somebody who they have an older laptop and they probably wouldn't run Ubuntu that well, download this. I use the Razer QT version um, and it, it installed fine and just give it to someone and let them test drive it, especially if they do everything online. You know, if they do their Google Docs or whatever, you probably wouldn't even notice because it's got the little, it's not start, but you have the, where the start button is. There's a start button you can click on. You have different desktops that you can set up. You know, it's got four desktops by default that you can switch back and forth if you, if you want to. I mean, I've never really done that, so I don't have a feel for how I use those, but it's there. You can just click on them and, you know, you can have all of your, you know, you're writing a novel in one desktop, you're Facebooking in the other desktop and you're, you know, you're secretly loving all of the cat photos and the internet on another desktop or something. However, you can just have them and it's almost <laughs> kind of like the equivalent of four different virtual machines running. So it, it works. It runs good. It runs yeah, fast. I, like I say, it boots up super, super fast. Being that you've not been an everyday Linux user, I, the desktop thing is new to you. And it, but I I fell in love with that a long time ago. And in fact, I use utilities on Windows to give me that functionality. And just this week, I was uh, at work. I have a, a tool installed for me to do that. And I had some stuff up. And uh, a co coworker came in and asked me a question. And I did a quick press alt and down arrow and switched to a different uh, desk uh, top to to look something up and. And he was like, whoa, whoa, what what just happened there? What did you just do? <laughs> I was like, well, I, I just switched to another desktop. What are, you, what are you talking about? Oh, that's right. You're a Windows user. Here, let me explain this thing to you. Uh, and it is, yeah. I I use it, I group what, you know, like just what you were talking about. Like when I'm editing pictures, I have GIMP and all my editing thing on one side. And, and I have uh, the web browsing stuff where maybe I'm looking for source uh, material on another side and then i have my email and stuff on another and i just switch back and forth uh it, it once you once you get that mindset you wonder how you could ever uh live without it and for those of you wondering if you're stuck in a windows world and you want that feature the tool i use is called virtua win v-i-r-t-u-a-w-i-n love it yeah, that's yeah a and good also one for windows i know the sys internals has a tool i don't know how functional it is but there's one in the sys internal suite as well all right and uh i'm not even gonna steal your thunder you have to you you have to read the title of your link this week seth okay the, my title of the link is called the chat has hit the fan 
Um, I had another link all lined up for this week, but then I came across this article on uh, music.yahoo.com and it is the, the name of the article or the name of the link is William Shatner Magical Mystery Tour. Um, they boldly go through William Shatner's discography so you don't have to. And the reason I chose this is because there are links to the YouTube videos of like, you know, there's William Shatner doing Rocket Man. Um, he's doing oh, wait, wait, Seth, but wait, stop, Seth. We, we have to do that one. We may get a takedown notice for this one, but I'm going to play a few minutes of Rocket Man. So here we go. Oops. I maybe. Have it, I have it, maybe we'll play it. I had everything muted because I didn't want it, anything coming. So give me what, five minutes. Five minutes. No, five seconds. One moment, please. That's what I'm trying to say. One moment, please. Here we go. Thank you. Good evening. In 1972, when Elton John and I wrote Rocket Man, it became very popular among the listeners. Due to the interest in the meaning of the song, now in 1978 at the Science Fiction Film Awards, I'm truly proud once again to present my Rocket Man as interpreted by our host, William Shatner. Thank you. And just for the record, his mouth said, I'm very pleased, his eyes did not. She packed my bags. Last night, pre flight. Zero hour. 9 a.m. And I'm going to be high as a kite by then. Oh, miss the earth so much. I miss my wife. Okay, that's all I can handle. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But yes, and if you just are crying more, 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 uh, you probably need to go seek medical help immediately. <laughs> but <laughs> there goes on uh, My Way. He does Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Oh, it's so bad. Uh, <laughs> Tambourine Man? Yes. Uh Dude, and the list goes on. And the last one of them, uh, this thing where they do a mashup of a Star Trek episode and Miley Silas where she's twerking at the VMAs. Uh, <laughs> that one you probably have to see because it's just great. And then they even do a behind the music that sucks. William Shatner. Um, if you've ever seen behind the music. 
music on YouTube. Uh, that's kind of what this is in the vein of. But the greatness of William Shatner, and this is all because he recently released his, if I remember correctly, fifth um, album. So he yeah. hasn't done this once or twice, but yeah. five times. You have to Google it. I, I, I'm, it's, it's painful, but it, it's Sharknado painful. It's the kind of painful that you're glad you did <laughs> afterwards. Google William Shatner sings Ozzy Osbourne's Iron Man. That's oh, all I no. got to say about that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't even know if I can even do that because I'd never get that sound out of my head. <laughs> He doesn't sing, obviously. He doesn't sing at all, but he just he we just you just have to experience it. I'm okay, I'll say I'm I'm gonna Google now. Shatner Iron Man. It was one of the suggested searches. So it was right there. Uh oh here it is. Alright, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but you have to hear this. I am Iron Man. I am Iron Man. I am Iron Man. Ha 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 ha. Is my can he see or is he blind? Yeah. Okay. That's all. That's all. That's a. That was just a little behind the scenes look at Shatner recording Iron Man. Oh my oh. gosh! Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> If I go deaf tomorrow, Mark, it's because of you. <laughs> Seth is gone. We've lost Seth. He's gone. Oh, I love you, William Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, if only we could somehow get him on the show. That would be the best show ever. Oh, I'll work on it. I'll see what I can do. It depends on how low okay. our standards are. <laughs> right. Well, he did Iron Man. <laughs> They paid him. We're not going to offer him any money. That's the difference. Oh, okay. Well, so, I'll, no, I'd pony up like ten or fifteen bucks. <laughs> we need a Kickstarter program. <laughs> we need a Kickstarter drive to get William Shatner as a guest host. Oh, and we'd have. We of course we'd have to ask him to sing uh, Iron Man while he's on. No, the show. actually, I want him to read Doctor Seuss's uh, Green Eggs and Ham. <laughs> I, I think if good. there's one guy who could outdo Jesse Jackson, it would be William Shatner. I don't know. The Jesse Jackson version is pretty darn good. It yeah. is, but I think Shatner has it in him. <laughs> he could give him a run. I'm a rocket man. Burning up his fuse up here alone. Um, okay, guys. If if you're still listening at this point, if, if Double Dose of Shatner didn't run you off, if you've got a suggestion for something you if, first, if you want shatner to be on the show or any other comments the, the way, place to do that is elementop.com and by the way if you're only watching this on youtube youtube the video and uh, on youtube sucks i know this we've talked about it many times before on the show i don't put any effort into it it's just there it's a it's a it's an ad it's a bonus it's a value ad go to our website go to elementop.com listen to the finished produced version of the audio trust me it's much better you, you should do that. Uh, but also, while you're there, you could check out the forums. Don't forget the uh, Bad Movie Forum. Lots of good stuff going there. And, of course, the Bacon Forum uh, can't be forgotten. 
and maybe we'll have to start a new Shatner Sings uh, forum of some sort. Oh. But also you can use the uh, Contact Us button right at the top of the page. That sends me an email directly. Uh, or if you want to email all of us, you can uh, uh, send that to edl at elementop.com. That'll go to all three of us. Uh, or Mark at elementop, Chris at elementop, Seth at elementop, if you just want to hit us individually. But don't do that. We're, we like to share. We're, we're friends. Yes. We're an open group here. Uh, also, if you'd like Most to leave us time. a voicemail, you can do that uh, by calling uh, 559-IAM-OP or using the Contact Us widget up at the top of the page. Oh, a bit of a program note. I did some server maintenance uh, last week, and apparently in the process I, I touched you know the linux version the command touched uh, a couple of files that changed their their date um and like the last just sort of randomly four different shows showed up as new shows in the feed last week they weren't the most recent ones i i they weren't alphabetical i'm not sure how it happened uh but last week I quote-unquote released four shows, three of which were old shows. Uh, so sorry about that. But the interesting thing is I've been getting feedback on those old shows. So people were listening to them as if they were new, right? They they come along before that. One of them was episode 80, right? That's uh, uh, 26 wow. episodes ago. Uh, so, you know, new listeners hadn't heard that. And uh, 80 was the Why Should We Care episode where I went on a rant about how Stallman is irrelevant anymore. And at the very end of it, I said, by the way, I don't really believe that. It was just an exercise. Um, and two different people sent me two separate emails, one while they were listening to the show, incensed by what I'd said, and one afterwards uh, saying, oh, you got me good. So <laughs> that was always fun. But anyway, <laughs> go back and listen to other shows. We have more content out there. If you're just really bored, go check them out. There's, you could go all the way back to episode one. I don't recommend it, but you could. No. Uh, it's there. Uh, and you can check them out. All that stuff and more is over at elementop.com. And uh, keep the show topics coming. Uh, we're going to probably do one more or so about uh, Salem OS, maybe two. I don't know. Whatever Seth uh, decides we need to do. Uh, and then, we're, you know, we're kind of, we need you. You guys, we ran out of ideas like 40 shows ago. We need you guys to give us topics. So let us know what you'd like us to do again over at elementop.com. Com. Yeah, bring it on. Send us something. Because uh, it's always fun when you guys send us the show topics. Yeah, and let me know if you like the links. Um, I, I put a lot of effort into my links uh, of the week. Um, let, let me know if you think they're worthwhile. And, you know, by the way, the news thing, which was just sort of a we'll add this on, has become the bulk of the show lately. So props to Seth for that, for coming up with interesting uh, links every week uh, that that takes more effort than you realize um, it's uh, having done it before for this show and other shows uh, it's a lot of work so thanks for that Seth uh, and with that I'm just going to say that ends the show Seth, Chris, thanks for being with us listeners, thanks for being listeners and that ends this episode of Everyday Links